Hello, 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 and welcome to the latest installment of Red Delta Sessions. My name is Derek, I use they, she pronouns, and my beloved co-host Valerie uses they, them. On this installment, we have an incredibly special interview with one of our colleagues and beloveds, Angelique Montez, who we met during our years in music school. This is the first of many interviews that we plan to have as part of Red Delta Sessions, where we are shining the spotlight on people doing incredible things that you may or may not have already heard of. You can expect many soft, many tender, many serious, many funny moments with Angelique and it is such a testament to the expansive person that she is. And as she says later in the interview, how the depth of the multitudes that she contains. Before we get into the interview itself, I just wanted to give a brief introduction on the music that you'll hear in the episode. The first will be um, a track that Valerie created out of some samples that we requested Angelique to send our way. A little bit of a correct collaboration moment there. The second track will be a remix of the third movement from Coleridge Taylor Perkinson's Lamentations, the Black Folk Song Suite, titled Calvary Ostinato, which is one of the tracks off of Angelique's debut album which you can stream or buy on Bandcamp. And the final song will be a excerpt from Angie's performance of Brian Raphael Neighbors' piece titled And Beyond, an incredible piece with a lot of electronics and really rich aural Im imagery. So without further ado, we welcome... Angelique Montez to the stage. So for Red Delta Collective's first guest appearance interview with a celebrity. A real life doctor, y'all. A real life doctor. <laughs> Who cannot save your life. Yeah. <laughs> you can um, with music, bitch. <laughs> she saved my life. So she saved my life. So whatever. <laughs> Our beloved guest and dear friend is named Angelique Montez. Angelique was born at the age of zero in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, and began her cello studies at the ripe old age of five years old while living in Manhattan. Upon settling in New Orleans with her family, Angie studied at the New Orleans Center for Creative Arts. This bitch had her solo debut with the Louisiana Philharmonic Orchestra as their 2010 concerto competition winner. Quick question, what did you play? Kachaturian cello concerto in E minor. Yeah. Nice. No one knows okay. That. Okay. Yeah, okay. She went on to be a fucking hiding, <laughs> She went on to be a fucking rock star at Oberlin and received her bachelor's in cello performance, where she soloed and received honors upon honors, and then performed in master classes with many famous people that you uneducated swine wouldn't even know, other than Yo-Yo Ma himself. Um, did you give him any kisses on the cheek? No, I did not. Okay, that's fine. We'll Probably forgive you. Probably a good thing, dude, because you never know. 
COVID. The three of yeah, COVID, COVID exactly. back like 15 years ago. Exactly what I'm talking about, COVID. <laughs> yep. The the three and monkeypox these days. Who knows? Yo Yo Ma might be one of us, and I'm pointing the finger at me, the queers. You know, um, the three of us met when Angie decided to pursue her master's at the Lamont School of Music, where I was getting my bachelor's and Valerie was getting their master's at the yeah. I was like orchestral certificate was long ago, and now. Angie is using her cello playing superpowers to become a doctor. So only refer to Angie as Dr. Angelique Montez. That's right, bitch. Who went to the Cincinnati (laughs) Conservatory of Music. And can't skip over mentioning that she earned most in all these degrees for free because she's such a badass that they were like, here's money, you know? (laughs) So here's this. Um, We call those scholarships. Um, (laughs) Yes. So quite honestly, like from my heart, I don't know if there's a part of Angie that isn't worth celebrating. Angie teaches, Angie performs, and just about anything else uh, to give her musical gift back to the world. If you want to check her playing out, you can head over to her YouTube channel. Just search her name. Um, Not only is she rife with determination, but she is a force to be reckoned with in her quest to crack open the super elitist white supremacist ridden doors of white cl- or western classical mu- i said white classical music i mean western classical music i want y'all to think <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah just to crack open those doors to people who aren't just privileged folks whether white asian whatever um in the classical music world so um i can't matt even begin to describe the amount of joy and support that angie brought into my life and i can probably speak on behalf of valerie as well in our years being school colleagues um I can't tell you how often I return to her golden phrase, protect your peace. I don't know if that's still your golden phrase, but at oh. the time it was. <laughs> um, I hear that voice all the time, especially when we were in school. When I'm feeling low, I have little Angelique, you know, like literal little Angel- Dr. Angelique, I'm sorry, on my shoulder, whispering in my ear, protect your peace, Derek. Um, outside of music, uh, Angie is a cook, a baker, an ASMR connoisseur. She yes. voted Valerie's uh, ASMR segments 10 out of 10 in case you missed them on previous episodes. If you did, please go back and listen to them. Award winning. By a doctor, bitch. Certified. I don't know what the Oscars of ASMR are. <laughs> what are the Oscars for ASMR? Do we know? Like in the, oh, shit. We got a new business idea. I was about to say the What's Grabbies, but the Grabbies are the gay porn awards. I don't know. Anything else? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Someone's ASMR. Right? The Shushi Awards? <laughs> yes, yeah, Silent. The Shushi. God, we should start that. Um, upon Googling, uh, as far as like stuff Angie does outside, I've Googled that one time, like one time it said that you like playing tennis and another time you like playing ping pong. So which one is it? Ping pong and what? Both? Tennis. Both. Okay. I can say multitudes. Both. I mean, I I'm not like good. I'm not good at tennis, <laughs> but. Ping Are you pong, good at I ping can, pong? Okay. I'm pretty good at ping pong. I'm probably, pretty good. I mean, my coordination is bullshit. So <laughs> you could probably whip my ass no matter what. Shocking. Um, <laughs> But, you know, without further ado, I love you so much, and I'm so happy to have you as Red Delta's very first guest. How are you today? How are you and your body in this moment? First of all, that was 
way more than I expected of an introduction. Thank you oh, so like right. <laughs> What a what fucking is- intro, bitch. I, I went to town it. in a tea shop, okay? Because you deserve it, Angie, okay? That's right, bitch. I was sitting drinking my herbal chai, literally putting you on a pedestal. That warmed my heart so much. I'm great now. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how you could not be good after hearing that about yourself. For like literally singing your praises. <laughs> yeah. It is an honor to be your first guest. Like, honestly, I... Always say I'm number one fan of this podcast, and just yeah, it's just great to be to be here and to be gabbing with y'all, and it's just great. I feel pretty good. Yeah, I'm just I'm coming off of we just saw each other a couple weeks ago in Colorado Springs. I was at a music festival, and it was great, but also quite draining. So I'm honestly still recovering. Bro, they had <laughs> yeah. your fucking hours stacked. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, I sent them, I sent them like the last week of our schedule and like, yeah, it was, it's, it was a lot. They really, they really made us work. But um, yeah, I'm honestly, I'm in moving mode. I'm going to move in like two weeks uh, to Ithaca, New York. And I'm also preparing to perform at this thing in like a week or two. So just just doing that this thing girl plug it where can we get the tickets well it's not people that listen (laughs) it's not a unfortunately it's not a public performance it's a private reception for wow we're getting into it so i'm releasing my debut album very soon and um, (laughs) yes so i got monies i got grant monies from this organization called arts wave it's like they fund like everything art related in cincinnati honestly so yeah they're having a little reception to kick off their showcase that's happening in mid-july so i'm performing there so i gotta i gotta prepare for that hell yeah when when can we cop this album i don't have an exact honestly okay here's you know because we're being honest here Everything is done music-wise. It's been mastered as of two days ago. The only thing I'm waiting on right now is just uh, finishing up the graphic design of like the album cover jacket and all that. So once that is finished, my beloved graphic designer got COVID like five days ago. So Dang. <laughs> so obviously I'm not trying to like push her into like doing anything. So I'm just like deadline. Whenever, whenever or not. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever you are able, we'll just wrap this up and then I'll release it. So hopefully in the, within the next like week or two, it'll be out. Amazing. Nice. Look out for that shit. Is it going to be everywhere? Apple Music? Yes. Title? Yeah. Is Jay-Z going to get a piece? I don't know if Beyonce is going <laughs> to want that. But uh, yeah, all the major, you know. Okay, don't say Beyonce doesn't want that because you could be at her next Super Bowl performance, okay? Literally. I don't need to see anybody else. Yeah, literally. I don't need to see anybody else performing at the Super Bowl except (laughs) Beyonce and Angie. Cello solo, bitch. Beyonce, if Blue Ivy ever hears this, tell your mom and your dad. (laughs) This is a cello solo right here. A fucking doctor, bitch. A literal doctor. Speaking of, what is it like being a doctor? And well, my lymph nodes are fairly swollen. So what could you do about those? Um, I gargle salt water. I, I really <laughs> don't know what to tell you. Um, steam in the face. Is that, okay. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, it feels weird. It feels, I mean, I definitely think 
as there always is being, you know, a black classical musician, there's that imposter syndrome that's always there. So it's like, I have the credentials, I did the work, but it's like, are people really gonna take me seriously, you know? <laughs> yeah, it feels weird because I, I got it in April and I've been like in summer mode basically. So it's just like, I've yet to see if it really changes anything. Mm-hmm. Will I get a job sooner? Hopefully <laughs> someone hire me, please. But yeah, I mean, it, it's it's rewarding in the sense that it's like, wow, I did a lot of work. Am I burnt out from all that work? Yes, I am. But it's also like, I did that, you know, I, I jumped through those hoops, those, those fiery hot rings. Yeah, you fucking did, did that did shit, that. dude. <laughs> yeah, Whatever a lot of people, means. a lot of people don't make it that far. A lot of fucking white people don't make it that far. You know what I mean? In classical music. So that's something to, to celebrate. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't, isn't in classical music that listens to this, the amount of music that you have to learn and prepare, et cetera, for your doctorate, which, you know, you can, you know, you can talk about Angie if you want, or you don't have to, but the amount of fucking music that you have to learn and prepare and master is insane. Like I played one, I played one recital (laughs) a year for my bachelor's. You have to do like a lot more than that. So. I mean, it's, it depends, but yeah, I had to do basically three three recitals, one of which was a lecture recital, which is kind of what it sounds like. You play and you lecture. And a capstone project, which was kind of what my album was, is in addition to, you know, the classes. I was also teaching while I was doing that. So, I mean, I think, you know, everything was exacerbated by the pandemic as well. So it's just like, I'm doing this thing and I have to worry about catching this thing. Cool. Great. Mm. This is great for my mental health um but you know everyone was suffering through that so and still it you know i literally just got covid in may so you know (laughs) here we are after i became a doctor i got covid and could i save myself no (laughs) didn't help what to say (laughs) that was pre-degree though so that's not that's none of your fault all all that all that steam didn't help the covid yeah (laughs) the salt water gargles really i mean very temporary relief you're gonna want to revisit that lesson um speaking of music uh what kind of music does a doctor play i.e what are you working on right now gosh i mean honestly right now i'm still pretty into and focused on the stuff that's on my album so my album is all works by black composers gang gang yeah um yeah yeah so Mostly been doing a lot of a lot of that. Just and yeah, this whole album process has been very interesting. But I think uh even past recording it, I'm still living with the music and it's just nice like delving as deeply into this music as I was required to for like freaking like Elgar. You know what I mean? Like you're on Elgar for like two years or whatever, you know. Um, and I feel like oftentimes, not just with, you know, obviously music that's not by dead white people, but music that's like more contemporary, it's not like treated the same way. And it's just kind of like, yeah, I'll learn this real quick for like some requirement or some audition you have to do. And then that's it. Um, so it's been nice to really like have time to just like 
give it the respect it deserves, you know, mm. and really like play it as well as I'm expected to play Haydn or whatever. Yeah, and really like get in touch with that. So that's what, mostly what I've been doing as of now. Honestly, after this performance, I'm taking a break. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. I can say it definitely like after school is when I've had the most fun and fulfilling experience with music. Yeah. <laughs> with no expectations at all. No fucking judgment. No trauma from classmates. Trauma. 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 But yeah, I'm glad to hear it. Fuck yeah. Enjoy it. Thank you. I really am. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this next coming year of just like not being at school, not like really having like a full-time job or gig and just kind of like doing what I want to do. Wow. What a concept. Right? <laughs> it's crazy. Literally. Yeah. Are you releasing actual CDs or just streaming stuff? But well, so it's mostly streaming. I am going to order. I am planning on ordering some physical copies. I want for one. Those who want. Yeah, you better sign <laughs> um, that shit too. Yeah. <laughs> Should I? Yeah, I mean, I assume that you know most people aren't into that, but I'm gonna. That that is something that I want. I'm gonna have some for me and for whoever wants them. So yeah, older folks love that, and we yeah, are I mean, older folks, clearly. Yes, so. uh, yes, seasoned. Yeah, I see. What I ha I have a CD of another cellist that is just in my car. You know, yeah, their, their debut. I, I don't know if it's a debut album, but their album is just in my car for when my shit's broken or when I'm bored of all the music I'm listening to, and I just yeah. play Movement Two from Box Six. You know, and I'm like, yeah. oh my god, why am I crying? Oh, that's yeah. right, this is so beautiful, <laughs> yada yada. And I can replace that now with you. And oh, I don't, cry I don't mean to. I don't mean to flex, but I don't think my car has a CD player. But I will put that shit up oh. on my wall. Oh, okay. <laughs> This is like a post 2018 model. Wow, the yeah, flex. That's right. That's right. We flexing <laughs> in my Honda CRV, bitch. Yes. Look out for it, bitch. <laughs> On Earth, God. Okay, so diving into the more like, you know, interview, interviewee questions, let's yes. get into your brain. Let's pick it. What advice would you give or what advice do you wish you could give your younger self regarding your musical career? Wow, we're getting into it. That's such a, that's like a therapy question. 
<laughs> yeah, right. If you could offer your younger self yeah. a word of advice so that the years preceding wouldn't be so tumultuous, yeah. what wounds would you attempt to heal preventatively? I, yeah. <laughs> I think I think the main two things that come to mind, one, the first is just don't be afraid to speak up. Like, just, like, if you're feeling something in the moment, say that shit. Like, just say it. Just just express it in whatever way. Oh, whatever yeah. way, you know, you think makes you feel the most safe. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a whole scene. But just, like, let that out. Like, don't, don't let certain things slide. <laughs> I let a lot of things slide. You know, and some things, you know, are just kind of, like, I'm sure in my future, I will continue to let certain things slide because it's just like you protect your peace. Certain things, it's just like protect your peace. Yeah, but pick I your do, battles. Absolutely. Yeah, but I do think I would tell my younger self so that she knew that earlier on. I think like it almost, it only came to me like, you know, recently within the past five or whatever years that I could like actually like express myself in those ways. And I think also I would probably say, <laughs> actually, this is something that Matt, our our teacher <laughs> at DU, told me a lot. And I feel like I'm still kind of processing it, but which is the concept of like, basically he would always say like character is not secondary, right? Like character in your music playing. Like I think... Mm -hmm for many reasons and a part of it you know it lends to how i've gotten to where i am so it was partly good but i think growing up i was very much into just like technique and just like i have to play super clean or i have to like prove that i can like do the thing and so i think just like character and musicality was kind of like a sec an afterthought or came second and so I think I would tell my my younger self that of just like no like like yes that stuff is important whatever like do your proper attitudes, but um like it's okay to it's kind of similar it's a similar thing to what I was saying before but just on the musical end of like don't be afraid to also yeah express yourself musically like that that stuff is just as important and is what is needed or Amen. what is most important I would say, and I think I was too afraid of doing that when I was younger because I thought no one wanted to hear that. You know, people just want to hear nail that shift, you know, play this really clean, you know. Mm -hmm. That's what's gonna impress people. So And how many people did we encounter? I remember actually my freshman year in music school, there was a person who played Sibelius violin concerto technically flawless and i was literally asleep in 30 seconds i was asleep and then they're like the applause came because of course everyone was like you know quick to brown nose and like you know offer fellatio to the <laughs> rear end of this person because that's how classical music works yeah but yeah. like I was so bored and every single time that person played I was bored because yeah. all that I heard was that shift was nailed exactly. this passage this run was executed yada 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 instead of like the imperfection and the beauty that comes with like waltzing around imperfection right like yeah. especially, especially with uh, nailing shift like if you don't nail that shift the character comes in how you recover and how you exactly. come from 
Yeah. But I feel like I was on the opposite end of that spectrum, i.e. not, I didn't give a shit about perfectionism and like technique, but mm. the emotion and shit was there. The character was there. Like I remember in high school, my teacher who was giving me free lessons for basically indentured servitude. That's why I hate poodles. That'll be a story for later. Um, she used to tell me to like stop emoting. She'd be like, don't emote, don't emote so much. And I'd be like, okay. And then, yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like also being another person of color in classical music, not a lot of people responded to that with me. Yeah. (laughs) That's, and that's the thing. I think that's why I did. I went the other way. Right. was because like, that's what they tell you. Like, you know, don't, don't take up too much space. Don't be too loud. Don't, you know, Mm. So it's like a way of like me making myself smaller. It's just like, okay, well, I'll just try to like nail the notes and maybe they'll respect me from that. But yeah. that's, yeah, that's, that's terrible that that happened to you. That's <laughs> Jesus. I mean, we all have that struggle and yeah. You know, musicians of color in classical music, like whatever way we can fit in, just like whatever, you know? Okay. But yeah. Tra- trauma for another episode. Um, (laughs) speaking of shade and trauma um, what's the shadiest thing you've seen in your career and was the perp a violinist (laughs) yelling on the mic (laughs) (laughs) oh my god what's the perp well wowza shady in what way like just like you what mean just like immoral, immoral? Yeah, d- like what comes to mind? Yeah, I mean, immoral. honestly, I can speak openly about this. I feel like because it's public, and most people. I mean, he literally has articles written about him. But uh, so when I was seventeen, I did this thing called National Youth Orchestra of the United States of America. Mm-hmm. In 2013, it was the first year. So this is I love talking about this now because these figures are so like canceled now. But so you the the premise of it is that like it's a free thing. You train or you you rehearse for two weeks and then you go on tour someplace. It's always different each year. So my year we played in DC and then we went to Moscow and St. Petersburg, Russia, and then London playing the proms. And we had a guest conductor and a guest soloist. Our guest conductor was Valerie Girgev. <laughs> so uh, if you don't know who that is, he is a very famous Russian conductor who is very close. I think, yeah, is known to be very close with Putin and uh, very homophobic and just like not a good person. So there's that. Um, and then... <laughs> Valerie's literally over there sipping tea out of a fucking cat mug. (laughs) Okay, okay, so we we got one strike. Yeah, and um, the soloist was Joshua Bell, who is a very famous violinist who is literally banned from like Aspen and other festivals because of inappropriate conduct with minors. I didn't know that. He's He's a sexual predator. Yeah, so these were our, you know, people that we were supposed to look up to and be like, oh my gosh, we're playing with, you know. Yeah, so he definitely, I mean, I don't know specifics of like certain people, but even in 2013 at that festival, he definitely was, 
doing his his thing. Like it was funny. Like you know, after like concerts or whatever, people would like go up to him and try to take pictures. Like the musicians, right, in the orchestra. And we're all age range. I mean, none of us are over the age of eighteen, I believe. Got a yeah. whole, a literal just bucket of popcorn chicken for him. Yeah, right? yeah. So you know, we would take pictures, and it was funny how you—it's so stupid. You could basically tell how attracted he was to someone based off of the hand placement, and it was like it became a game. Like people would like stand behind him and be like, "Okay, let's see where like he puts his hand." Yeah, this is yeah. You can't so, see our faces, but jeez. <laughs> Shock and horror. So I literally, literally like, have my hand on my face right now. Like, so luckily for me, you know, I'm, you know, the little black girl, disgusting. So, you yeah. know, puts, puts hand on shoulder. Great. I'm safe. Right. Great. But, you know, um, like half white, half Asian, you know, you know, racially ambiguous girls or whatever, like lower by the hip, you know, like a little closer to the body. Like, yeah. So that what was is the verb of predator. <laughs> Uh, that's stalking? what he's doing. No, like stalking, pre- predatoring. Like, predatoring. <laughs> pre- Predating. Well, if you think about predators in the wild when they're out here looking for their next kill, they're stalking that kill. Yeah, so. they're hunting. They're yeah. stalking. Let's not hunting. spare all the fucking nasty adjectives for these motherfuckers. Okay. So. Well, I'm. I yeah, I'm glad the purple was a violinist. Yeah, he's. Yeah, violinist. So you nailed it. It's and I feel like for me, it's usually that it's usually violinist or a conductor. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Book. And yeah. Um, yeah. low key, I was also excited to be a biracial afroed, um, unwanted, unattractive to the yes. pedos. Yes. Like I was very glad about that. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I know none of you niggas are going to try to touch me because yeah. you don't want me here. So thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> you don't want me here and I don't want your hands here. Yeah, so thank please. You. Please stay away. Please. Yeah. So Her. that happened. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. <laughs> You're welcome. That is pretty fucking shady. I'm glad I could like, because I honestly have not thought about that in a long time. So I'm glad I could conjure that up for this for the segment. Yeah. That's so crazy how like all that shit is so perpetrated. Like I've heard so many stories about all the famous schools that colleagues have gone to where they just like, they know what they're going into. They're just like, yeah, this guy makes us dress a certain way when we go to our lessons. And it means a certain thing when they want you to be your TA and just like, yeah. And I can't wait to go to this school. And it's just like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. Okay. It's, it's terrible. It's really, yeah brutal well let's flip the script and let's let's access more joy now what (laughs) tell us talk to us about a favorite moment in your career a favorite moment honestly i think playing for yo-yo ma was pretty cool that was pretty cool how that happened i it happened my senior year of high school I'll try to give the abbreviated version. Basically, Yo-Yo Ma was coming to New Orleans to perform for the LPO, Louisiana Philharmonic Orchestra. And he was giving a master class at Loyola University, neighbors to Tulane, where you used to go. Derek. (laughs) The school I should have gone to, not Tulane. Anyways, Um, trauma for another episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, me and my other trello friend at the 
uh, at the time were scheduled to, yeah, we were like, this was, he was supposed to come in October. We were told in like April or something like, oh, you guys are going to play for your mom. We're like, great. Our whole summer is about like preparing for that. Right. Mm. And then like two weeks before the masterclass happens, we're told that we can't play. We got dropped. And there's some inner political stuff of why I don't necessarily think I should get into it, but there were some reasons why they didn't want the talented high school kids playing for Yoma in tandem with other high school, not high school, uh, college age. With students. Loyola orchestra students? Basically, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, but instead of, instead of, you know, accepting defeat, my teacher at the time, Dr. Dion Ko, shout out to her, very just fiery, you know, like doesn't, doesn't take no for an answer a lot of the time, was subbing in the orchestra during that cycle. He was, and it's funny because he was playing Elgar. I was playing Elgar at the same time, twinsies. And um, so she walked up to him during a break and was just like, explain the situation. My students have been preparing for months to play for you. Can you please like hear them? Like we can, it can be super ad hoc. We'll make it work. So he agreed. And so uh, we were scheduled our like, I went to an art school at the time. So our school was scheduled to go to a dress rehearsal anyways. So basically after the dress rehearsal, after we watched him, we met in like literally just like a lobby and he like sat on the ground next to some like trash can. Like he like, he was just like, okay, I'm ready. And just sits there and like me and my friend get to play for him. And it was just so amazing. And he was just like, it's one of those things where it's like, you wish it wasn't the case. Cause it's like, it's Yo-Yo Ma. He's already famous for playing cello. He's great. He's on freaking Arthur, you know, there must be something wrong with him nicest human being like ever on the like just like how what what happened why are you like this so yeah it was very it was really great and i think we we got extra confidence because we also went to that master class that we were supposed to play at we went to that afterwards Mm -hmm. a couple days later and you know we met up with him after and he basically told us he was like you know like you two are doing like in the right direction, you guys are doing great. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. Just like extra affirmation, like yes. y'all keep doing the do. And it was just like, yes, thank you so much. Ah. Um, so, so was yeah, there was, an audience or was it literally just like in the middle of a lobby and he was just like, it okay. was the audience was just like our peers. So it was like the students that were in our class and him and us. So yeah, it wasn't like public. It was just like for us and literally like, cool. <laughs> His, apparently he has like very strict management because he's too nice. Like his management people are like not nice. Yeah. So uh, that's why my teacher went straight to him because he knew that they would be like, no, hell no. Yeah. Um, and they were, it's funny. They were, you could tell they were uncomfortable about the whole thing. They were just like standing on the sidelines. Like, okay, we have to go. We have to go. Mm. And like, he was just like, no, it's okay. Let me, you know, so don't remember what actually the one thing I remember that he said, he told me to play this certain passage of Elgar fourth movement like a drunk person, which at that point I had never gotten drunk before. So I was just nodding like, yeah, okay. You know how to do that. 
I, that stuck with me. But uh, yeah, I had an orchestra teacher one time tell us to play. It was some movement of like the Nutcracker fucking suite or some bullshit. Yeah. He's like, play this like a drunken ballerina, and like all of us sixteen year olds exactly are like, the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. amazing. That's so precious. And like Yo-Yo Ma of all people, like he, true, one of a kind yeah. human beings, like pure artist through and through, just offering joy and grace to like everybody he comes in contact with. He was traveling around South America for like months just playing the box suite. Yeah. For I people. Just, just, just doing yeah and like people can you know people like criticize him or whatever and it's like bruh he's 50 plus years old what more do you want from this Criti man? Okay. criticize him for what people yeah people literally just say like they don't like his like well one they criticize him because they'll just be like oh like he's his playing is kind of shady now and it's like once again he is 50 plus years old i'm sorry like yeah he was, he was soloing with major orchestras when he was when you were like i don't know doing what you know what i mean so yeah. like, when you were literally a sperm and a zygote yeah, on the like, sides of the country bitch like it's just like you've well, really... got something to say dude like fuck them dude one time i was at a fucking concert watching goddamn uh, uh stevie wonder it was a festival it was outside lands in san francisco and these hipsters were just like uh like uh, i was just like expecting a little bit more from stevie wonder oh, you know and i'm God, just like the nigga can't, the nigga can't see <laughs> he has to <laughs> sit and play and even then he still gets up and gives you a little shake or two what the fuck do you want Sit down. What are you doing, bitch? God they want damn. a full fucking dance routine. They're like, nope, he needs to do better. Yeah, no exceptions, nothing. He needs nope. to describe at least one person in the audience for me to be interested. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. You shake and drive a little more for me, black <laughs> man. Like, oh my gosh. Come His on. Tap shoes were a little too dusty. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> brutal uh well yeah. you know we were talking a little bit about past you know with yo-yo ma where do you see yourself and your cello in five years Ooh, five years oh, yeah, an approachable amount right like a little far but not too far in the future yeah i mean i can tell you what i what i hope i yeah i, I hope that in five years I'm teaching full time in some capacity. It doesn't, I mean, it could be at some kind of an institution, university, college, community college. I really like just anywhere. Well, not anywhere, but anywhere that I would <laughs> like to be. Anywhere that I would like to be. I'm not about to go to freaking Northern Wisconsin. Sorry. No. Um, no offense to people who are from there, but I. Not, all offense. You know, you niggas are racist. <laughs> okay. That's why we're not going up there. Don't beat around the bush. <laughs> Um, Valerie, Valerie will be your manager when you're making those decisions. <laughs> yes, I will email these motherfuckers directly and I will use the N-I-G-G-A in the email, bitch. Like, <laughs> you niggas need to understand that this doctor needs to get compensated for her time. Okay. Um, yeah, teaching and teaching full-time some capacity. Honestly, like, you know. Usually when people get doctorates, it's because they want to teach like at the university level. That would be great. But all, honestly, I, I love kids. So I, I don't think I could see myself not teaching kids as well. Yeah. So any combination of like teaching of all ages full time and then being 
but also having the flexibility to um basically do what i want so i would i would really love to get into like studio gigs like playing for like um orchestral scores or sorry movie scores like movie soundtracks that kind of stuff like yeah my dream would be to move to someplace like la or atlanta although atlanta georgia right now but um yeah like someplace like atlanta where like you know the movie industry or like that entertainment is kind of big and there's like a need for trellis and whatever capacity um i would love to do that as well so oh, yeah. oh my I god i could that. totally see you like scoring for tyler perry you know what i mean like <laughs> be on his big ass compound in atlanta just oh fucking god. you know what i mean principal of fucking tyler perry's orchestra Tylee Perry's. <laughs> Tylee Perry. <laughs> amazing. That would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. like western classical music is dead like did you smell the stench of the rotting corpse from within the cello section from all these years you know it's really interesting because like i said i just came from this festival and you know unfortunately obviously everything we played was standard classical you know stuff um in terms of like the orchestra and while like I can say I do still enjoy orchestral playing. It's it's great to play like a, it's great to play an angsty Brahms, you know, those those hemiolas, you know, <laughs> them threes on twos, threes on fours. Okay. <laughs> those hemiolas they hit, you know. But I think it's for me. It's not necessarily that the music itself is dead because, like I said, I. Like my favorite thing, like on social media, one of my favorite things is like, you know, there are those accounts where it's like classical music and like trap remixes or like classical music and someone's like twerking to it. Like I love that stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's I can twerk to a Mozart. I really can. <laughs> right. I have, I have done it and it feels good and it's great. Okay. It's possible. Dude, work on those isolations, <laughs> bruh. <laughs> bruh. With that fucking uh Alberti bass bitch. Da, 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 da. I mean, <laughs> I am fully yeah. dead. Can you imagine? I like that video that Megan the Stallion just released of her twerking to Big Frida, Bitch. but that oh and like the plant some Mozart instead of listen, like release the kitty to oh, that fucking fucking cadence, bitch. Some yes. fucking fugue, exactly. And then when she yes, gets some fugue, up, bitch, oh my god, I slay the cheeks. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
god. Anyway, so yeah, all all that to say, I'm dead. My cheeks are hurting. This is a good sign. All that to say, yeah, for me, I just I was thinking like it's not necessarily that the the music. I mean, obviously, there's some pieces that it's like we don't need to be doing this anymore, but. But it's just like the whole culture around it, you know, is just so like, uh, that's the, the the sound that comes for me. It's just like, it's so draining. Like, yeah, I think like Western classical music culture, I don't necessarily, my, unfortunately, I don't necessarily think it's dying. I feel like sometimes I wish it would, <laughs> honestly. Cause it's not the music itself necessarily. It's just the culture around it, the whole like way that it's accessed or inaccessible, inaccessible, whatever the word is, the way it's presented. It's just, you know, we just need to switch up. There's so many things we need to do, but just, yeah, just, just imagine Mozart being performed in a setting where the audience can actually like interact and express themselves when they want to. Right. And they're not like walking on eggshells or like not don't clap between, you know, whatever, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's just more like human in terms of the consumption and, and the, the delivery of the product. I think, I feel like if that, was different if that change if that like adapted to the times then these types of things would have a chance in terms of like and when i say chance i mean like a chance of like i don't know widening in terms of scope or whatever like reach Mm -hmm. because i do i mean as long as rich people exist and are taught that like this is music of whatever it's supposed to mean then I do think for better or worse it will exist for as long as that exists but I don't think that's a good thing you know what I mean (laughs) like I don't think that that's like good that there's this certain type of music that is supposed to signify a certain type of elitist thing that Mm -hmm. is the problem Mm -hmm. you know what I mean yeah do you really think so I feel like performing throughout the years or whatever i feel like i can say that most of the audience was old ass white people oh for sure but that means that like their kids and their kids kids aren't coming to those concerts anymore or or like they aren't bringing them you know what i mean why but as i'm saying i I think it's because it's seen as like okay i'm gonna pay x amount of money to sit still for an hour and a half to two hours listening to music by mostly people that I have no idea who they are. Don't, they don't have any relation to me or where I come from or what I do from the day-to-day basis. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like people, obviously we, we know for sure that people want to go to concerts, period. Right. People like Mm -hmm. to be entertained, period. We know that. So I think the thing is like figuring out, harnessing that harnessing how people are entertained what people are actually interested in because if people see someone slaying at the violin people like that you know if someone sees someone slaying playing a cover of whatever on the radio they go go off they really do respect that they see the talent they respect like oh you put a lot into that you're slaying 
you can play down that violin and you're playing Beyonce and I love it or whatever it mm -hmm. is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like the nuance that I'm hearing from like your perspective, sort of in the proverbial belly of the beast is like, it's like exactly as you're saying, it's the culture. It's not necessarily like the music itself, because I've always felt this, like, even as a person who spent all this time doing classical music, if I went to a classical music concert and they actually like shared something about either the piece itself, the composer, like if it was a learning opportunity, right? In addition to entertainment, yeah. like that's what really people, because then people are like empowered. They're like, oh, I learned something tonight and I had fun, right? Like yeah. instead of just like hearing fucking Beethoven's fifth for the 700 millionth time and, you know, to the average person, it all sounds the all that I know is bum, 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 yeah. you know and so like how do you actually and uh, you know a person who's been heard it a million times can hear the nuances but even someone who's heard it like 10 times might not be able to hear every single yeah. fucking nuance that you're doing so like talk about what you did talk about you know like kind of ex bring down the elitism like oh you won't understand this unless you've been listening exactly. right imagine how lit those concerts would be if people knew that beethoven was black right that's what i'm just that's what i'm saying Dorking like just, in the aisles bitch yeah. just, <laughs> just like the traditional western classical culture is like not human and maybe at that time that's what humans were doing cool whatever not anymore you know what i mean like yeah. <laughs> not anymore that's not how as humans we most of, of us like to like interact and consume and whatever be entertained so i mean i agree with you but i really do like i do think that like yes the majority of the audiences are older white rich people mm -hmm. but i also think it's like that's the problem with a lot of these institutions like priorities of who they're like catering to right mm -hmm. um and i think if we're able to like change who we're catering to and but also it all it all also always comes down to like money too so they're catering to the money right? yeah exactly yeah. so but it's also like that's the thing like young people will throw their money at something that they think is worthwhile you know it's like a mutual exchange and right now if I could put a season pass to an orchestra that I believe in on Klarna. <laughs> Bitch, let me let me put that shit in for payments. I That's what, exactly. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, it's just. Uh, yeah, it's one of the things I noticed, too, is that there's a lot of these good ideas. And like you said, like it matters who gets funded right and the majority of these people who are getting funded are doing the same old tired shit with like a new bow tie on it right yeah. like i've seen these like modern music groups or troops or whatever but they're still playing music by white people or you know like they're commissioning new works from white composers right so yeah. you know what the question the question is always out there like what can we do to support more people of color what are tangible things that we can do to bring those ideas to light more people more people of color into the community because like that's the other thing too right it's very uh inaccessible like you said not not only yeah. to be in the concert hall but like to be on the stage performing yeah that's a good question i mean i guess the problem that i run in or it went into in my head because the first thing that i think of is like you know as as a black classically trained musician i think of just like obviously reaching out and helping out 
my fellow black and brown, whatever, classically trained musicians as well. But I, I think, honestly, I think a big thing is just like getting out of your supposed, your whatever comfort zone. Cause I think that's what's keeping people from, from doing things. Mm-hmm. Like, I think people are like, I'm not saying this is a pass, this gives them a pass. Cause it's like, listen, we're all scared, but people are like scared of, and get paralyzed of like not doing it the right way. Right. Like they're like, Oh, I don't want to feel like I'm tokenizing or whatever or whatever. But it's like, I feel like for me personally, we're at a point we're at a dire, we're, what is it? We're in dire straits. Is that the phrase? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think so. Where we, we can't, I don't think we're at a point where we need to be too nuanced about this right now because, because it's where we're at an extreme of things are super white, super elitist, super whatever, right. Super bad. So to, to approach it with like, okay, things are really bad. So let's be careful with how we try to make it not, it's like, no, 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 no things are really bad. It's very clear what things shouldn't be. And it's also very clear about how or where we should be going. Yeah. Right? Take so a fucking sledgehammer. Yeah. Sledgehammer, sledgehammer to the brick wall. We don't need no like fine. Tooth. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, no, like at this point we, we can't afford, we don't need to be like tiptoeing towards progress. You know what I mean? It's like, no, like ask, that black composer ask these black musicians or whatever like just be really straightforward just be like hey our numbers are really bad we have one person in our orchestra that's terrible and we're we're in a predominantly black city which is redundant because most cities you know black people are there um you know what i mean you're a major orchestra and you have one black member be honest about that that's bad and we're trying to change that and and match the demographic that we're in so yes we are trying to get this amount of more black people in our orchestra or in our audiences or whatever like i think that people sometimes shy away from like quotas or numbers or whatever and are like oh that's too like scientific or analytic or whatever it's like no but here like i just feel like that's how we realize and see what the problem is so that's going to be the way that we're we have to fix it you know what i mean we can't do the data we can't do the research and present the data and be like things are bad and then throw that approach away when we're trying to find a solution yeah disqualify it as well these solutions are more than just numbers yeah it's like no actually no we do want an increase of 40 percent or whatever of yeah demographic we do that's what we're going for so how are we going to do that right or we do want a 50 percent increase of black composers works so let's try to meet this please yeah uh one thing that comes to mind that i've been i don't know seeing a lot of is um independent musicians like like um popular music musicians right Mm -hmm. so they're not signing these record deals they're like doing their own PR campaigns through social media and raising their own money and, Mm. uh, you know, basically doing their shit themselves. Like there's this rapper that I've been following. His name is the Russell out of Northern Mm. California. This fool like makes his own merch in his garage. He 
someone like retweeted his shit. Now he's got like millions of followers. Uh, oh. He he, and he holds like concerts in his own backyard. Like he's built a little stage in his backyard and is inviting people. Like, hey, pay what you want to come to my backyard. Give me an offer and I'll give wow. you a ticket. This guy has gone so far as to like give people like invest in this song and you own a piece of it. Basically, like a stock. Mm. So, the better that this song does, the more that you stream, the more you get back, right? So, wow. I think there's a lot of things that um, classically trained musicians can take away from people who literally have no training in music at all, oh, and yeah. and they're making a living off of doing that stuff by not relying on the donations of rich white people or <sighs> the donations of corporations that are run by rich white people. So, I. I think that the lack of people of color in that community can almost be a benefit if we all come together and make our own thing. Exactly. I agree. Yeah. Something that is like always on my mind because I also practice like Indian classical music or Indian classical music and dance is like this idea of like classical art, right? Where something is steeped in tradition and discipline and practice, right? As opposed to you know like taught themselves kind of a thing artists you know that are you know playing pop songs on the street and it's not to hierarchically arrange these it's the like difference in approach Mm -hmm. to art itself and how like in in the Hindustani like classical art context having Bollywood is you know so insulting to some people who are Indian or like Hindustani classical dancers and they're like this is insulting this is just demeaning what we're doing and I'm like no that has a place it's also a cultural thing yeah it's it's you know and um so that's like something that like amidst you know all these questions that we're kind of getting out with classical like western music that is interesting because as you're saying angie like there is something like worth preserving i think it's just a question of like returning rather than pushing away what we want to preserve like returning to what we want to preserve and saying no to the rest of everything is like really what i'm hearing right of all this bullshit around scholarship and yada yada and you know academically performance orchestral you know like everything just doing away with that and instead in returning to like okay well what values do we want to exert instead of just like how much money do we need how do we get to that business analytics point anyway it's all shut the fuck up but that was also (laughs) on my head in terms of that differentiation of like yeah the the way that money gets inserted into something like classical music classical art versus non-classical yeah it's also also fucking crazy that like Okay, we're all running a fucking business here, bitch. Like, your orchestra is a business. Your quartet is a fucking business. And it's wild to me that you folks would not want to make data-driven decisions. Exactly. To make your business better. Well, they are using data-driven decisions. It's just data, the data that's being fed into those their algorithms, quote-unquote, is racist and problematic and capitalist and yeah, patriarchal like, and colonial, right? Like, it's just yeah. profit-driven. But even though it's not profit driven because they're not making fucking business ass decisions. That's something that drove me crazy about fucking music school. Like you're teaching me all this fucking bullshit, but you're not teaching me how to run a business because that's what the fuck I am once I leave these doors. Like Uh, that's why so many of us like don't, I don't know, like 
I feel like there's a lot of us that have a lot of potential that don't get seen. And once they leave school, like, that's it. You know what I mean? Like, cool. Yeah, that was, exactly. that's over, bitch. Like now let me go get a job. Right. And then exactly. end up not playing our instruments again, because we weren't taught the business aspect. We weren't taught business fucking data-driven decisions in this motherfucker. Like, or the way that they are teaching though, they, they're, that they're going to say that they're teaching those is at those like higher opportunities where they're like, oh, you won this, you're going to go perform this. So you get to witness all of that. And that's the learning opportunity for your business side. But those opportunities are only going to fucking not black and brown bodies. Exactly. Not disadvantaged, you know. And that's how they keep it going. Cause it's like, they, it's like, okay, yeah, you won this orchestra job. And then so you, you're not actually learning business stuff or whatever, or how to like. No one teaches you how to do taxes. Person. What the you're fuck? Just, you're just like in the cog of whatever is already going on in that orchestra and mm -hmm. you're just getting a salary and you're fine with that. You know? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Brutal. Dude, I know so many musicians that have like fucked themselves because they had no idea how to do taxes as a business, like a small business owner. Cause that's what you are. Even when you work for an orchestra, like you're, an independent contractor yeah so you have to do your taxes either four times a year my nigga or you have to do it really well one time a year and some of these people i still need to learn i need to yeah. i'm gonna hit you up because i <laughs> we have a person in our family that does our taxes i don't know how to do my taxes so yeah <laughs> well I, I just learned what a tax write-off is the other day <laughs> And I apparently, learned all that shit not in music school, bitch. Apparently, like, it's, apparently a tax write-off is not just something that, like, you buy for your personal business and you just get to, like, get for free. That's what I thought it was. Yeah, no, it's not a, like, it's not a rebate. Oh, I need a <laughs> microphone for this podcast. I guess I'll just write it off. <laughs> Basically free. Thanks, Govy. Oh, my God. I wish the Republicans would shit themselves. Like, that would never, ever happen dreams well speaking of dreams we're gonna enter the more like fantasy okay. part of part of this the, the fun part the fun, the fun part yeah as we're getting there thank you for really just storming through all those uh heart and heart and mind you know all those all that kind of shit so you. You, you stormed through it um speaking of a storm you're on a ship and the you know you there's a storm and you end up stranded on a marooned island or you end up marooned on an island <laughs> because i learned grammar <laughs> what would be the one thing that you would bring with you to remember your blackness this question comes from my beloved co-host valerie yes <laughs> because Thank white you. people are not allowed to ask black people questions <laughs> ever again i don't want to hear I'll, I'll edit that, that out. I'm, so, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I was mumbling. Yeah, right? the Don't you I'm ever sorry. question a black doctor. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> I forgot. Okay, sorry. I'm on an island. What would be the one thing I would bring? To remember or, your blackness. To remember my black. Wow. That's a good question. The first thing that comes to mind, actually off top, is a Haitian flag. Yeah, I don't know if we know, mentioned this, but I'm Haitian. I was born in Haiti. At the age of zero. At the age of zero. <laughs> and it's funny because I I don't own a Haitian flag myself, but I've that's one like a goal of mine this year is to like purchase a big Haitian flag for myself. I mean, yeah, if you know that remotely about the history of Haiti, you know, not only obviously are there 
lots of black people there but just yeah the whole story of yeah having a huge ass slave revolution overthrowing the french yeah, still those niggas are out there friends. scaring huh? the entire those niggas are out there scaring the entire world before social media was even a thought yeah. like yeah I honestly, they were storming I, the internet it's so funny to think about how like news got around back then but people really they were they were like uh-uh not not the haitians we, no <laughs> literally <laughs> if it involves niggas that shit got the fuck around okay <laughs> No telephones, no internet, no problem, bitch. Send the ships. Let them know. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, they they didn't want slaves in other places to hear about it, you know, for good reason. So, yeah, I think just that that whole history and stuff is, I feel very, I don't know what the word is. I don't know if lucky is a word, but I feel proud that, you know, I, like, come from a place with that kind of history. And um, I feel like that's the story of you know, just, just blackness of like, preferably we wouldn't be having to fight for our freedom, but here we are. So, um, and you know, in many different ways, a lot of us in general, not just black people, but in general, but you know, we're talking about black people, blackness are still fighting for different things. So many different things still. So, um, yeah, I feel like that would be like the perfect reminder for me of just like, bitch, don't forget. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that'd be great. Like flying that flag, like people rolling up on that island would be like, all right. I know, right? Go ahead and keep rolling. It's fine. I'm like, wait, what's what's going on? <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. So um, important question. Whose bussy was more bussin'? Oh Tchaikovsky or Clara Schumann? <laughs> you mean like musically? Whatever romantically song. musically yeah, personally context, your context of choice oh, as a person wow. who's busy with my person wow there's so much so many things going through my head right now because my instinct wants to say you know what you know what actually i think my instinct is wrong because part of me was like tchaikovsky because you know as if for the people who don't know tchaikovsky was a gay and um, he had a male roommate long term. Did he really? I have no idea. Oh, okay. what to say about all important <laughs> historical just, figures. That, like, that had a, a, maybe maybe his, his bussy was bussing. Yeah. This bitch has a whole ass doctor and was like, What? His roommate, my nigga? Did Jay Star didn't mention anything about that. <laughs> his, yeah, they always say, like, his his dear companion friend Raphael was his roommate for the last 45 years of his life and they're like he's a faggot y'all he's really a he's a he's a faggot <laughs> that pussy was bussing but anyway whose pussy really was I, just, I, I feel like I so I want to actually say Claire Schumann because at at the time and still during these times you know white women are more free to be bussing, you know what I mean? So I think because of that, because, you know, Claire Schumann had Schumann and, if I'm not mistaken, Brahms. So, Ooh. you know, she was double dipping God and damn. whatever. She was being double dipped. Yeah. <laughs> A Lucy Coochie. I love it. <laughs> not to say that Tchaikovsky maybe had lots of lovers but i i just would assume that it would have been at least a lot harder for him you know mm -hmm. what i mean that sixth symphony the way that ends you know 
pretty bleak. So I, you know, that doesn't sound like a very bussing <laughs> ending. Um, he did not make it to that dick appointment, and he was very <laughs> upset about it. <laughs> oh my god! So I just feel like you know, I feel like Claire Schumann had the had both options right there, you know, and had the luxury of being able to to write her music and or maybe have like things published that we didn't know about, but. I just feel like there was a lot more more freedom for her in that time. You know, I know a lot of white women are going to be like, you know, we were oppressed then too. Yes, I know, but still, I just think this yeah. bitch had a whole ass like melodic phrase composed after her name. Close. That's what I'm saying. By, by her, by her side nigga. By her That's side what I'm nigga. Saying. Not even they her main still, She was still winning in the end. Compared, I, I think. I, seems to be a theme she yeah <laughs> i get what you're saying though like there's there's more proof in more pudding that clara schumann's bussy was bussin as opposed to tchaikovsky who like probably really wanted a bussin bussy <laughs> yeah. but couldn't but couldn't you exactly know? exactly yeah, like i would wish i would want for his to be more bussin obviously but yeah, dude. Think, Clara yeah. has like three historical, like, like funnels of music that have lasted hundreds of years from both <laughs> her niggas and herself. Like that is a yeah. bus and bussy. Yeah. So, I agree. Next round of questions are rapid fire. Okay, oh. it's a it's a this or that kind of okay, thing. Okay. okay, are you ready? Yes. No, but it's okay. Fold or scrunch? Fold. Thick or thin crest? Thick. Summer or winter? Summer. Cats or dogs? Dogs. <laughs> Coffee or tea? Tea. Christmas or Halloween? Halloween. Iced or hot? Oh, oh my god, oh my god. Hot. Ass or titties? Ass. Crunchy kidding? or creamy? Creamy. Will Smith or Chris Rock? Oh my... <laughs> Oh my! Wow. Wait. I'm search. My motherboard is like literally not. Yes. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to say Chris Rock. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right. That's controversial. Either way, I'm gonna have to say Chris Rock. I'm sorry. Yep. We're going with it. Xi Jinping or Vladimir Putin? <laughs> Xi Jinping. <laughs> Bach or Brahms? Ooh. You know what? I'm gonna say Bach. I'm gonna say Bach. Viola or double bass? You <laughs> viola. That's right. Viola. That was that was a yes, test bitch, and you just passed, yo. huh? Doctor passed with flying colors, Doug. Valerie lowers their glasses. <laughs> like viola. <laughs> <laughs> I say double was... bass podcast immediately. Yeah, but literally, just I just like, hang up. Yeah, the little Skype Hello? noise. Bing bing. Like... Are you still there? <laughs> Sorry, the internet cut out. Oh my god! <laughs> Just lost wow. all power to my entire block. Like, have a good rest of your life, bitch. <laughs> that was intense. I think that was my first rapid fire questions. Wow, that was. How's your heart? How's your? Are you <laughs> doing okay? It's really like I don't know if the mic is catching this. But... <laughs> wow. Wow, I made it though. I'm proud of myself. Those were great questions. That was fun. You did. Speaking of making it manifesting moment no restrictions tell us your dream concert or gig 
Oh my goodness gracious. I don't know. Something with like Doja Cat. Honestly, that would be obvious if I was like, I guess, yeah, I'm thinking, why, why am I thinking like I'm not center stage here? Okay. <laughs> yeah, bitch, literally. <laughs> yeah. No, not not featuring me. I, um, Honestly, probably just anything that involves a bunch of Black people playing together, playing music that we like in like, you know, a freaking stadium or something in an in a in a context that something like something just kind of like randomly out in the middle of nowhere like i don't know like, like a woodstock for niggas like new zealand or something but like yeah. yeah but like just a bunch of black and brown people yeah woodstock for that was just that yeah that would be great without all the like environmental carnage that happened at woodstock oh true yeah. or the white people because, yeah because the, that would just because take of the white people yeah <laughs> other than like what's his i almost called him lenny kravitz jimmy hendrix i'm so bad with names of pop star people that's racist derek <laughs> <laughs> because what yeah. i think of when i think of lenny kravitz is that one time when he like jumped and like his pants ripped and his dick fell out that is the first thought that came to my mind as well his dick (laughs) flopping completely out and of course my faggoty ass was like zooming in (laughs) as close as i possibly could i know it's not hard but i'll still look at it i was like you have to zoom in that much i don't know yeah. i mean i don't know it was grainy you know what i mean It's, it's the distance of the video not the size of the penis yeah, it would it would be the people you know. Amanda Seal says there are white people and the people who happen to be white. Yes, there would be people who happen to be white. If mm. like of the white demographic, it would be people who happen to be white. So of course you, Derek. Of course, that's right. Exclusive invitations. Yeah. I'm just not allowed to ask anyone any questions. Question. Yeah. I am Michelle, not you, allowed to speak on. I was going to say yeah. <laughs> you have to take a vow of silence actually for the entire oh, festival. So <laughs> you can't even like whoop and holler you just gotta be like listening mm-hmm. to the music like you most definitely cannot clap in between movements <laughs> waving <laughs> hands in the air <laughs> the deadpan face yeah y'all can't see this who are listening to this but just dead in the eyes <laughs> shaking my hands <laughs> like <sighs> oh my gosh that that is a jordan peele movie right there like black woodstock <laughs> gone awry somehow like i don't even know Oh my god, like a fire festival, but with black folks. Oh my god, Jordan Peele, if you're listening, girl, that's an idea. (laughs) Yeah, niggas are stuck, and all you have are cheese sandwiches. That's (laughs) it. Niggas have to suck dick for water bottles. That's it. What I would love to see is like that's the assignment. Give it to uh, Tyler Perry and Jordan (laughs) Peele. Tylee Perry is the name that I was trying everything in my power not to say. And also uh, Jordan Peele and see what they do with it, right? Like, give them the assignment. Yeah. I might might go write that bitch myself and just send it in. Oh, please. Get it it stolen from me by somebody in Black Hollywood. Yeah. White Hollywood, actually. They'll steal it from me. Well, shit. Those are the wow. that's the end of the line uh, for oh our questions, God. Angie. I hope. How you long did we go for? Like two hours? Oh my goodness! Like an hour and a half. Wow. Coming up on an hour and a half. Yeah, you did so great. Yeah. This was so much fun, y'all. Here's for anyone who's confused. It's just like you know, because we're friends. I just feel like it's one. That's why this is so freaking good. 
But two, it's just like, it's hard to be, to stay like interview question. You know what I mean? Because it's just like, I want to like share my life with y'all, obviously. Yeah, that's yeah. why we, yeah. Give, Sorry give, for the long-winded whatevers. No. no, no, that's literally the space. The floor is yours. That's right. This is about you. Well, it was yours. It's now ours. Because the yeah, question sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll move. I'll move. <laughs> <laughs> to the side, please. Yes. I love um, you both so much. I love this podcast. I love what y'all are doing. Just knowing y'all during our times in school <laughs> and seeing where you all are now and just seeing the growth and just how much happier we all are, I could say, is just nice to see. And so. I'm I'm yeah. all for it, and I support y'all in all your endeavors. Red Delta Podcast, it's where it's at, gang gang. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Thanks for sharing your time with us. Of course. I, um, I wish we had more time and more questions. We literally right. like we're like we can't ask too many questions because <laughs> we're going to be here for like three hours. Honestly, we will easily, know. easily. But Thank it was you. amazing. And we love you so much. And I feel like it really is the true test of like friendships when like you make friends when you're like in the heat of war. Bitch, and then the war ends and you're like, I still like you. Yeah. yeah dude. And you're not like, holy shit, I was literally you were you told me you were on my side during that whole thing, but now you're aiming at my head with a sniper, dude. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that, is, that is not what's happened here. We are yeah, we're not just yeah. survival friends. It's real. Yeah, know? we are protecting our mutual peace. If anybody in Angie's world wants to be involved in Red Delta Collective, it's a collective, including you, Angie. That's right. If there's anything you want, ever want to do. Oh, yes. I want to get on the track. Y'all, that interview with Angie could have gone for hours. It was such a delight talking with her and learning even more about a person that we've known for so many years. So we will close out, as I said, with And Beyond, Angie's performance of. And we hope that you like this podcast, subscribe to it, share it with your friends, share it with your loved ones, with your chosen family, with your real family, with your siblings, whoever you think would enjoy us gabbing and who needs some, you know, a little, little love in their heart. So we hope you have a lovely, nice day, and I wish you many peace and blessings, darling.